Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Today here on Sports Grid, it is great to see all of you out there watching us. Craig Miss, Joe Pizzapia with you here for the next two hours. We've got a lot to cover here on this show, including the NBA. Our good friend Adam Ronis from Fantasy Alarm is going to join us. We'll go over a ton of information, including who potentially the most improved player of the year will be in the NBA. Also, will the Memphis Grizzlies make it? Joe and I will have odds on the American League and the National League Cy Young. We got plenty to get to, and we only have two hours to do it, Joe, so it's time to get started. It is great to see you here on this Thursday morning. What's happening? Likewise, my friend. We got past Bobby Bonilla Day. That was uh, that was good. We're moving on. We're, you know, that first day of July is always tough for me, but now we kind of, you know, turn the page on that and continue on. But uh, yeah, we got a jam-packed show, baseball, NBA, maybe even a little NFL to discuss as well. So, uh, but luckily, so. luckily, we're the guys to do it. I mean, let's be honest. Two hours. All this stuff, only Mission Pizza Pia can knock this out like we can. Yeah, interesting comments yesterday. Uh, Don Mattingly, the manager of the Marlins, basically uh, saying that the Marlins are in on this year, trying to make the playoffs. I thought that was interesting, something that came out. Well, also what's he going to say? Hold on a sec. What's he going to say? We suck. We're not playing. We're going we're gonna to be terrible. Like, what is he supposed to say? Uh, I know Donnie's your friend. I know, but... But, I mean, come on, Craig. Come on. If I said that— I suppose you're right. Every team has to say that they're in. But do you think think the Tigers are saying that? You think Garden High are saying that? I think he's going to try to say it, probably. But if I said that, you would hammer me for about the next two hours if I said— Of course they're going to say they're in. Or do you think they're in realistically? Do you think they have a shot to win that division in the East? Probably not. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Let's, I don't want I don't want to upset your Marlins fan base, but let's let's keep it real, right? As the kids Probably. say. All right. Probably. I'm glad that Donnie uh, baseball is going. But forward. I wanted to start off with that. Uh, also, speaking of of Yankees or former Yankees, uh, what do you make? Do you think it is a positive or a negative that both Stanton and Judge are still not 100 percent ready? Apparently, they will be by the time the season starts. But I feel like it's been a long time already. And at least in Stan's case, he's only re- uh, ready to be designated hitter, which I guess that's fine. But is, is it fine? Okay it's with- more fine. It's more fine because he doesn't have to play the field. 
taking four ABs is a lot easier than playing the field for nine innings. I'm worried about Aaron Judge. And you know what? This is going back into my Glaber Torres MVP narrative that I was writing on the show yesterday. So here we go. We're already into it. I told you, if you put your money on Aaron Judge, you might be lighting it on fire this year. I don't like that. He is, I think, the second or third highest odds, right, to win the MVP in terms of best odds on FanDuel. I don't like it at all. They've been saying, and I live in this Northeast area, and there's been all kinds of rumblings about this shoulder, and and everybody's just kind of like quiet and quiet and quiet and waiting and waiting and waiting. I feel better about Stanton because this is always Stanton. And Stanton's, I mean, we're always at this place with him. He's only DHing. It's easier. But I think this is going to start to tell you already that, unfortunately, we could be in for another, I don't want to say lost season for Aaron Judge, but let's say lost season for Aaron Judge. And I, I, it's sad. I like him. He's fun. But I think we have to kind of recalibrate our brains. As great as he was when he came up that first half of the season as a rookie, he's been pretty good throughout. But I think Labor Torres is the best player on the Yankees, outside of Garrett Cole, of course. And I think after this season, the rest of the baseball world is going to come to that same conclusion. But we'll see what happens. But are you concerned with Stanton or Judge or both? I'm always concerned with Stanton. I'm, I'm not as concerned with Judge. But I am really? always concerned with Stanton, yeah. Shoulders are wacky things, man. Not that, you know, no injury is good. But... I, I, yeah, but but if you go through the trajectory of, of uh, Judge's career, you wouldn't see a lot of injuries. He was hurt most of last year. He you'd has not a, a long couple. career. You'd see a couple. Mm-hmm. With Stanton, you'd see every year. So. Pretty much. Pretty much. But I, but I don't know that that's fair. You know, he got hit in the head once and got hit in the jaw once. You know, I don't I don't know that it's got, I, I got to tell you, I, I am not as optimistic with that. I, I thought that by now they'd be 100 percent ready to go. I mean, the Cardinals are saying Miles Michaelis is 100 percent ready to go. There are other players who Berlander, uh, Suarez, AJ Buck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, Everyone's I mean, ready to go. What's the difference between them and these guys? I'm not sure. Uh, I'll tell Ooh, 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 Mr. Mish. I'd like to answer that question, sir. Yes. Joe, uh, the difference the is, uh, yeah, Aaron Judge is hurt. And the shoulder is bad and they're trying like hell to get him through 60 games. And I don't think it's going to happen. And I should, you should all be very concerned if you're playing fantasy leagues and you own Aaron judge this year in redraft. I think you should be concerned. Sorry. You should. It's my job. Jorge Mateo was traded. Uh, Is his career over? Well, I mean, I thought that this kid was going to be like this, this Uber. I mean, I guess he got the Yankees prospect on him and that's why everybody thought he's going to be a star like this. I mean, I have never seen – I take it back. I saw a lot of hype for Yankees prospects. But this – I'll just say this. This kid, Jason Dominguez, is getting so much hype. My God, I mean, do, do people yes. not learn their lesson at this point with the Yankees? Not all of them work out. Not every no. single one. No, but – and he's so oh, young. Oh, this guy, but this guy. Well, Dominguez is – look, Dominguez is so young. I saw him in my 24-man league go get drafted this year in my Dynasty League. Somebody put him up. Just goes after the Yankees. It makes no sense. I I know. Well, like the good part is that if you own them, you can flip them for even more sometimes. So that that's like the that only. That is class. absolutely true. Who was so the hottest I, Yankee prospect two years ago? Oh, uh, two years ago. Well, probably Torres, right? <laughs> uh, Miguel Andujar. Frazier. Okay, Clint Frazier, Miguel Andujar, who came in and had a nice season. Miguel Andujar. Yeah, well, he's back this year. He missed I mean, all last year. Duar actually had a good year, though. I mean, he had a really good year, and I yeah. know everybody wants to point to But Clint Frazier, before he did anything, was like, oh, he's going to be amazing. Right? But is Clint Frazier, a, is, I guess here's the real question, is Clint Frazier more of a victim of circumstance of not getting opportunities because of the guys ahead of him? I, I don't know that we'll find out soon. I don't think he's not going to be a Yankee after this year. I mean, what I would agree with this kid. It makes no sense. Uh, but agree. anyway, Mateo was a kid that once upon a time, everyone thought he was going to steal 100 bases in a season. He's moved around. 
Uh, now he's on the Padres. They acquired him from the A's. Uh, the fantasy community, because we have nothing to talk about, all jumped on Twitter yesterday and said, oh, this is great. Oh, my gosh, he's going to be great. And then they'll forget about him next week. But that's sort of what happened. <laughs> I just don't have any interest in him at all. How do you really feel, Craig? Tell us. Am I wrong us. about? Am I wrong? Oh, no, you're absolutely right. And I did the same thing you did. I Anything rolled my eyes. Anything that happens is right now, even as small as it may be, is time to just. No, go you're off. right. And I did the same thing. I rolled my eyes too and went, so. And like, and he went to the Padres. Like, or is the pot? Is the Padres the place where he's going to get a ton of playing time no, and opportunity? Zero. No, hero. Why did the Padres get Jorge Mateo? To cross the road. To play second, to pl- to go on second base in the eleventh inning, tenth inning. There you go. There's and you called Am I it wrong? right. Two days ago, you said there's going to be guys on the rosters just That's to do that. And there's your pinch runner right there. Bingo. Emilio Bonifacio on Washington. You know, um, Jose Billy Hamilton on Billy Hamilton. Yeah. All right, you guys are they're, they're still out there. Those dudes are still out there. Maybe we can get uh, Alex Cole. Remember him? He was a speedster. He was Remember? Pretty good. He was fast. He was fast. They had <laughs> Greg Allen on Cleveland, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It's gonna. It's, it's every team's gonna have their guy. Uh. So yeah. But Brett says Mondesi. We probably oh, you know, Mondesi's we don't want a Mondesi's a good player. He's a good player. He plays shortstop for them. He's, right. He's the let let me know when you have NBA stuff to talk about. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it to the NBA. We're talking about base stealer, like pinch runner talking guys. about guys that have zero skill set except for running. I got news for you. Draw Dyson's a starting player this year. <laughs> so <laughs> whether you like it or not. Where is he, Pittsburgh? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that tells you all you need to know about that scenario. But you're, you're actually I th- right. I think we are going to do a segment before the season starts on oh. the on the pinch runner. I am telling you, I'm, I'm so excited about that because <laughs> – Herb Washington's name is coming back, man. I am I, before is before this season starts. Everyone is going to know who Herb Washington was. It is an <laughs> incredible story, and now everyone is going to know. Watch. I I I just make sure you tell me what day that is, and I'll I'll be sick that day. You go we do the on Twitter <laughs> and you search, and there, people are going to start talking about Herb Washington now. No, I'm no. Go, I I can't wait to see it trending. Designated sure be, runner. There, I'm sure it's going to be designated runner. Yeah, yeah, it could be Kanye West about something. And then Herb Washington right underneath him. Like, it's like the trending on Twitter. You know, you always, you go on Twitter, you see like the trending, like WWE is always trending in some fashion. And, you know, Kanye West does something crazy. And then, and then Herb Washington, I'm sure he's going to be third. For the first time ever on this show, on Fantasy Sports Today, this is the first time, okay? <laughs> I've been doing this show for uh, a long, for a while here now, over a year, okay? Uh-huh. And I've been working with our producer, Brett Levy, now for how long has it been, Brett? Four months, five months, yeah, something. Couple months here. Yeah. Okay. I am putting in a guest request to Brett Levy, and I am asking Brett to get her Washington on this show. I cannot wait. I think that'd be awesome. I'm putting in the request. It is July the second. I am going to hope, and 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 I've looked him up a little bit. It seems like he's pretty public. He has, uh, he's an owner of some uh, businesses. He's very, very uh, good. Look at, at that. I just googled famous pinch runners. The first thing that pops up. Herb Washington, right there. I, I want, before the season starts, I want Herb Washington on this show. That's my request. I, I, I Do I make a lot of requests here, Joe, on the show? No, you are don't. You are one of the, uh, well, you, you're, you're low maintenance, but you are a perfectionist. You want everything to be right. I, I am a perfectionist as Which to is the, fair. the shows are put together, mm-hmm. but I am easygoing as it pertains to, yeah, let's just do this, let's just do that, it's fine. I, but that, but I'm making my first one, I would, I, I think it would be a fascinating conversation to have. I, the, I only, the only pinch runner 
that was only a runner in the history of baseball. No at-bats. No at-bats. Just comes in and pinch runs, and that's it. That's like, I mean. Uh, it's an incredible thing. I'm trying to think of another one. Like, that's why I Googled can't. it. <laughs> you can't do and it. And I can't. Like, Google won't even tell me one. Like, that. that's the whole thing. I'm trying to think of guys and – it's just um, no, and just Herb, like Herb Washington. That's it. That's who pops up there. <laughs> Herb Washington, I'm telling you, had a, a 1975 Topps card, Joe, that says "Pinch Runner." It's the only card in the history of baseball. Is it really the only one ever wow. in the history of baseball? It says "Pinch Runner." It's the do only. You have that card? I do. I do. It's right here. Right I'm here. Right here. No, I don't have it. Right here. <laughs> right here. Oh, one of the most famous. That I, put away. That I have put Herb away. Washington of the Oakland A's, uh, the Charlie Finley years. Washington appeared in 105 games for the Athletics, and he scored 33 runs and stole 31 bases. He That's got caught good. a lot. It didn't work. I was gonna say it seems like a, <laughs> it seems it like you have the greatest ratio. But, but Charlie, you know what? There was a player on the A's after Herb Washington didn't work. They tried it again, Joe, the next year with somebody else. I, Charlie I, Finley, you know Charlie Finley was yeah, was you know, know a little, a, little uh, you know. a lot. He was a lot. Yeah, right. I'm well away. And so he thought that it would revolutionize the game. He was wrong, but it is a story that I've brought up a couple times in the show because I thought was it was mildly interesting, and now it's relevant. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think this Mateo move shows you that it might be like it might be more relevant than we want to admit. Uh, crazy Mateo time. is going to be the tenth inning guy on second base. I have never wanted to turn the page to birthdays more than right now. I can tell you. <laughs> Five minutes for Washington. You'll never get that back the rest of your life. Um, I just love all right. Well, I'm not. I, I won't hit up Brett to do it this weekend because it's July Fourth weekend, and Brett he's may or may not. Have, he's got some things going on. That's he's got fireworks. Up. We don't want to. We don't want to ruin his uh, his weekend with that. But by the by opening day, I want to make that happen. If I got to do it myself, I will do it. All right. Uh, coming up next, it's time for this day in fantasy sports history and our fantasy sports birthdays. Uh, we are off and running here on this Thursday on Sports Grid. Craig Miss Joe Pizzapia. We got to take a quick break, but don't worry. We'll be back with our pinch runner in just two minutes. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down, and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We're going to learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And 
We're about to celebrate our independence here on July 4th. But before we do that, today, of course, is July 2nd. So we have this day in fantasy sports history and fantasy sports birthdays. I think we have a mix of some baseball, football, basketball, and some tennis. And, you know, July is a big month for tennis, Joe. I know that you love tennis. Uh, Wimbledon uh, this month, you know, breakfast at Wimbledon on Sunday mornings. I know you can't get enough of that. You're really missing it. Oh, I love breakfast big fan of breakfast especially breakfast out i miss breakfast out it's not i like to do the whole you know i make the banana chocolate chip pancakes for the kiddos you know i do the bacon in the oven when i have enough time the right way that way you slow cook the bacon and you get a nice kind of even cook on it and i miss breakfast out like the diner breakfast or the ihop okay. breakfast that's one of those things in the quarantine i miss wimbledon i could give or take breakfast i'm a big fan of the breakfast craig yeah, I mean, I, I I sort of used to be. I'm I'm more of just like a coffee and just put something in there and eat, you know. Like just I'm, put I'm, something in there. <laughs> what is, is this like a toast? Is this an English muffin? Are you a yogurt? Yeah, cow? or like a biscuit or anything. And I, honestly, I I could eat anything for breakfast, and I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't bother me one way or the other. Are I'm not I'm, breakfast eaters like the pizza for breakfast guys left. Like, no, oh, that, that I wouldn't that would, do. No, 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 that I wouldn't do. Yeah. It would have to be something. Now, my son is allergic to eggs, so we've eliminated that. That's gone. Oh, so, that's a tough one. Be, yeah, I used to be a big egg guy. So it's uh, you know whatever whatever is there, I, I will I will have it. I'm not I'm not picky about it. The, the coffee is a must though. That's yes. That's, the first step of my day every day is the coffee. Me too. Me too. But only one. I only do one. I know some people drink oh, coffee all day. Yeah. Well, you go look at us. Discipline. One coffee. That's it. If it that, you that know, can't get you know you. the other thing that I've What's cut that? back on, too, is Red Bull. I've cut back on Red Bull in the quarantine. Ooh, that stuff's not good for you, man. Though you, you, that's, Thanks that's, for letting me know in advance. Uh, well, you know. No, I, I have three three or four days a week, I'd have one. And, you know, I just, for some reason, I just don't feel like I, I mean, maybe it's because I've been exercising more. I have no idea. But I just am not needing it like I used to. Now, look, with the baseball season coming back. And me being at the park and who knows what is going on. I mean, it may it may be a factor again. I think they're asking us to bring our own food, by the way, to the baseball games, which is interesting. So well, are they gonna uh, pack you a lunch? You're gonna put your name on it, a little brown bag? Well, normally it's the best. The, the press box food is pretty ridiculous, man. It's good. Ice cream, okay. all kinds of stuff. I, I don't know that they're doing that this year, and I don't even know if I'm gonna eat it. So oh, my how did we get on this? I don't know. Let's I go back. Know. Let's go back to Wimbledon. In fantasy sports history. <laughs> Let's start off. Uh, July the second, Carl Hubble. Uh, this Carl Hubble, man, this guy would just go into a game, throw four innings. They'd use middle relievers. He could never get through a game. But, yeah, one time he did throw 18 innings in a game. No, I'm just kidding. This guy Hubble went, like, 12, 13 innings several times. 18-inning um, shutout, one to nothing. I mean, just just stop and think about that statement for a minute. Uh, I'll do you one better. In two games? Uh, my grandmother was at that game. And, and so I uh, just put that because she she told me the story of the Carl Hubble and the 18 innings and the shutout and the whole thing. And she my grandma was a big baseball person. Uh, her family was from Williamsport. She grew up there. So baseball is like, you know, king, obviously, there in central Pennsylvania yeah. at the time. Uh, but I, she moved to New York early on and um, she told me about this game and being at that game. And it's just one of those crazy things, you know, like you hear that story and it's just kind of funny. It makes me think of her today as we've uh, turned the page into July. So nice little memory there. But I mean, you sit through an 18 inning game. I got your money's worth at least, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just, I mean, I, I just can't even fathom a guy throwing 10 innings anymore in a game. 10? Let's get to nine. <laughs> Seriously. 
can't even do that. It's wild. All right, uh, 1966, Billie Jean King wins Wimbledon for her first Grand Slam title. And uh, let's play a little uh, trivia game with Joe. This was the first of how many Grand Slam titles for Billie Jean King. Take a stab at this one. I don't uh, expect to even come close, but just take a, take a uh, shot. Let's see. Grand Slam titles? He was a pretty good tennis player. Um, let's say Winning seven. Winning all of the – yeah, okay. Seven is your number? Yeah. Twelve. Not, not that far okay. off. Okay. All right. You know, because I was thinking, like, towards the end of her career, she had to have overlapped with – the Martina Navratilova's and the Chris Everett's and they have a bunch too. So I was kind of like mitigating the risk a little bit there, but 12, that that's an impressive number there. Let yeah, me tell you, Billy Jenkins. Yeah. Well, I, I guess, yeah, I get, I guess really. Navratilova you know. and Evermore the eighties, I think. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. I guess I was off there. 66. I didn't know what, so that was our first one. So, wow. That, that's a, that's a pretty impressive run there. 12, right? Yeah. Wow. I would say. <laughs> no, no <doubt. laughs> Not bad. Uh, 1978, Ron Guidry wins the Cy Young award. How did he do it? Well, wins. Uh, he started off 13 and zero after beating the Tigers on this day in history by a final of three to two. Ron Guidry with the nickname of Louisiana Lightning. And, uh, you know, kind of bizarre that this guy didn't end up having like a Hall of Fame career because he was mm. so good. He was the anchor of the Yankees for so long and um, and won the Cy Young that year. But, you yeah. know, for whatever reason, I guess it was just a, a briefer career than some. Yeah, they also called him Gator. It was actually a pretty longer career, but in terms of the dominance, it was a shorter period of dominance. You know, he did pitch well into the late 80s there uh, with the Yankees. So um, when I think of Ron Guidry, I think of that incredible moment with the strikeouts and uh, the beginning of that thing where the crowd would start to stand up and applaud on the second strikeout. That's basically the origin of where that happened, where the crowd was so into a game based on the strikeouts. And people mark it as the Ron Guidry game. And then that became a thing in stadiums when people were looking for big strikeouts. Everybody's standing up there with the two strike count and the big standing ovation trying to get him going there. And uh, what an incredible trend it holds up even till today. It does. 1995, Hideo Nomo becomes the first Japanese player to make the Major League Baseball All-Star game. And since then, we've had many. But uh, Nomo Joe was the first. Yeah. Uh, Rookie of the Year, I believe, as well. Um, and for Hideo Nomo, and look, he was he was a fantastic starter. We first came in a very uh, different windup, a very different look for a lot of major league hitters. I think it took him a long time. Uh, Nomo had some ups and downs in his career, but those first few years with the Dodgers were very memorable. And uh, Nomo basically opened the floodgates for a lot of Japanese players to come over to the States. I've never been a big fan of the posting system. I always think that's kind of a, a strange thing that you're paying just to then pay for a player. Do yeah, you think there's sure. a better way of doing that? Or you think that's just a, that's just the way it's going to be? I mean, I guess to get property, they consider it property of their league <sighs> and their team. Yeah. So I, I don't know. He's a person. Team, he's not a teams problem. do not seem to to be bothered by it, Joe. They seem to pay that very happily. So, well, do they make? I mean, you probably know this better than I do. Do they make enough on the return from the media blitz of that player being on their team to recoup some US? of the posting? Well, yeah, to recoup some of that posting fee. Well, oh, I mean, it's all about performance. I think it's all about performance. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I mean, what was Kikuchi worth? Nothing last year, right? Like, I mean, that didn't yeah, work out. Yeah, but the I mean, I, for him wasn't the same as Ichiro. You know what I mean? No, no, but but even um, Otani, I guess, was wealthy before he even came over and and didn't really need the the uh, the money. I mean, he needs the money, but he didn't get paid nearly what like you Darvish and some of the other players did. So yeah, you Darvish had a big posting fee and a big salary too for the Rangers. Yeah. I remember that one. For but... 100 million. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, uh, 2017, Manny Pacquiao loses to Jeff Horn. Uh, look, there, this this fight is toward the end of Pacquiao's career, obviously, but a lot of people felt like he won this fight. Uh, he did not. Jeff Horn won. There's just some people who don't like Manny Pacquiao, what he stands for, and that's a whole other show that we could do. But uh, nonetheless, uh, this fight was one that the wrong person won. We've heard that in boxing a lot, but, Joe, it's been, it had been a while since we had seen this kind of uh, controversy over a fight. That's what happened a couple of years ago. Yeah, you know, when you have judges at the end of a fight, it's always uh, in the eye of the beholder, which is weird. You would think uh, we live in such a metric world of sports that they would be more measurables that you could really add into it. And I'm sure that's that's starting to come into it more. Uh, I can't speak to where they're at now with all of it, but uh, I think we should be in a place there where it goes to a decision, quote unquote. It should be done in a in a metric decision sort of way in terms of punches landed, all these different kinds of punch you know stats that you can throw out there for sure. Because God knows back in the day, the judges were not always on the up and up in the boxing yeah. world. The fight was in Australia and Jeff Horn was Australian. Uh, that has a lot to do with it, too. Yeah. All right. This day in fantasy sports birthdays for July the 2nd, 1964, Jose and Ozzy Canseco. I mean, Brett, have I told my Canseco story uh, about me and Jose Canseco and Ozzy Canseco more than once on this show? Oh my does God, it deserve, three of you guys? <laughs> does it deserve another hit? I, I don't it know. At least. So we'll tell the Jose oh, Canseco story. Oh, come on. Let's do it, show. man. We're here. All right. We're going to tell it. Um, okay. You know what? First, let's give honor to all of the birthdays, and okay. then I'll tell the story. All right. All right so uh, 1971, I threw Troy Brown in there for you, Joe. Oh, His birthday is today for the New what England Patriots. What a great football player. A football player. Two-way football player. Troy Brown, happy birthday. Anyway, 1974, Sean Casey, Cincinnati Reds Hall of Famer, and uh, and also a really fun, great guy, great TV guy, too. Uh, Joe Thornton, great NHL player, probably headed for the Hall of Fame, first overall pick in the draft many years ago. 1985, great quarterback at Michigan, actually better quarterback than Tom Brady at Michigan in Chad Henney. Uh, Chad Henney, of course, uh, not a great NFL quarterback, but a great uh, college quarterback. And then Alex Morgan, the U.S. women's uh, soccer team, one of the best in the world uh, at her craft. Uh, the Jose Canseco story is as follows. I've told it before. If you haven't seen it, here it is again. Many years ago at the Hard Rock uh, in Hollywood, Florida, there was celebrity boxing, and Jose Canseco <laughs> was on the card. He was going to fight uh, Lindsay Lohan's dad, if I'm not mistaken. Like, you understand wow. what we're dealing with here. Um, you were the, covering big events at the time, yes. Well, the bottom line is I was invited to the introduction and the pseudo weigh-in beforehand. So I uh, I go, I bring my wife, we decide we're gonna go uh, play poker or something at the Hard Rock. I don't even remember why we went, but we said, all right, we'll stop by, I'll bring my phone, I'll film something fine for you. And I was friends with the guy, so you know, what am I gonna do? We get to the we get to the fight, we're waiting, we're waiting, it's taking a while. Finally, the promoter comes out, he, they say, and, and it's gonna be Lohan against Kinseiko. And we all looked at each other. We're like, all right, Canseco, you know, didn't really think much about it. Uh, Canseco does the interviews, whatever. He comes out. I do the interview with him. We leave. I'm feeling weird, like something is up. It just, you know, something is strange about this. Why did they call him Canseco? Like, I don't get it. I don't know the reason why. It was not Jose Canseco. It was Ozzy Canseco who subbed in for Jose Canseco. But since nobody could tell the difference, he went through the weigh-in. He was going to have the fight. An hour before the fight, called it off, obviously, because it was not the same guy. That's uh, that's an amazing story. I've never heard that story. If you're Ozzy Canseco, right, you know, you grew up, you have the same genes, you did the same drugs you would imagine, right, lifted the same way. He was a pretty buff guy himself. 
why did you not become nearly as good of a player as Jose? Like, that would bother me. It's got to have it like, well, like it's, it's got to be like, you know, you can look at it and you go, wow, you know, I, I'm sitting here. I'm like the same. I'm literally the same guy. And, and, and Jose is out there winning MVPs and making all this money. And I can barely crack the roster. Isn't that strange? Like, it's one thing. It's like your older brother, your younger brother, it's your twin brother. All the genetics are right there. I, I don't know, man. That's a very weird thing. That just tells you how hard it is to make it in baseball. It <laughs> is. They, they look just like each other. Uh, in fairness, I did not pick up on it at the event. It was afterward that I kind of, I remember saying to my wife, like, didn't you think it was weird that they just like called him Canseco? Like, it, it was just odd. There was something off. I couldn't place my finger on what it was. And then to come to find out right an, an hour before the fight the next day. Uh, yeah. And by the way, apparently they had done this a lot. Apparently they had done this a lot where uh, Jose agrees to do something and then Ozzy ends up doing it. So, all right. <laughs> on that note, when we come back, it's time to dive into some Major League Baseball win totals. Cincinnati Reds, Cleveland Indians. We're back on Fantasy Sports today right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking? and want to know how to make it your career. Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Fish, Joe Pizapia. As we get closer to the July 4th weekend, that could only mean one thing. Diamond bets on sportsgrid.com kind of this weekend. Joe, what's on the menu for diamond bets this weekend on SportsGrid? Well, we've got a lot of fun baseball talk. We're going to be flipping some cars like we always do, having some fun there. We're doing some quintessential cars of the decade, uh, including some Who Wore It Betters, which is always one of my favorite card flippings that we do. Uh, we're also, of course, going to get down and dirty with some of the FanDuel totals on the site there and talk about uh, spending Matt Stryker's money, which is fun. So Matt's going to give us a certain amount of money to spend. And we're going to put our chips on certain players for okay. certain uh, for certain win totals and obviously some uh, some awards as well. So stick around for that on Sunday right here on SportsGrid. The flipping cards is baseball card? Oh, yeah. We have a whole fun segment there where we, uh, again, point uh, to uh, hilarious baseball cards against each other and oh, uh, ask okay. some fun uh, little questions. Did you, ever, there. did you ever send your million dollar cards in to get graded? Bo My Jackson million dollar Peter? card? Million? No, did no I didn't know. By, by now, you'd be like four weeks in. You'd only I have know. Like two well, more months to go. You know what? I my my brother Ozzy Pizapia, I actually had him send the cards <laughs> instead. So very good. Yeah, you know, he's taking care of it. I got I got some cards. I'm getting ready to send off to to get graded here. I thought you got cards back. Did you not get cards back? I did, I did get some. I'm sending some more. Okay. Well, whenever like you have them, like I've kind of 
you know, you're kind of teasing me here. I, I know. We never really, we never he really. He said, oh, I got him back. And then baseball came back. And all of a sudden, like all the fun we were having just yeah. goes. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what? I didn't know how interesting it was for people because with real sports happening, we were just sort of faking it for the last two months. Who cares about so. people? They're interesting to me. I care. I want it. I want to see them. I want so, to see yeah. So I'm just... sending, I got, I'm sending in a bunch of cards to get, uh, to get graded soon. All right. Well, I'd like to bring that back. I mean, can we do that for fun? I mean, we got a holiday yeah, coming up for God's sakes. Yeah, well, we Let's do it. Let's yeah. have some fun on the program. All right. All right. Uh, okay, so uh, this is courtesy of the FanDuel Sportsbook folks. Head on over there and check out all of the odds for the 2020 Major League Baseball season. MVP, Rookie of the Year, uh, team to win the World Series, team to win the pennant, team to win the division. And by the way, all the NFL stuff's already up. It's constantly expanding and changing every single day. And Joe and I have been running through some baseball teams. We sort of feel like we're going in alphabetical order here. So if you go back on demand, go to sportsgrid.com. You can catch our videos and also on YouTube, subscribe and like and hit turn those notifications to on. So when the show is completed and we upload those to SportsGrid, you can just get those right to your phone. Really easy to do. Uh, we'll start off with the Cincinnati Reds. And wow, guess what? Another team, 31 and a half. It's like this is the, whole <laughs> in the 31 and a half range. It, ju it just tells you. Honestly, and I'd have to talk to John Sheeran about this, but it, it kind of tells you that even FanDuel has no clue. As, I as, think that, as you happens. know what? And that's why I'm glad we're talking about it because this is an important trend to be discussing because the Reds are a team that the I trend think is everybody's 500 this year. Well, like, no, the trend is, well, not everybody because the next team isn't. The next team's above. But I think when you're looking at the Orioles were under. Not <laughs> by, by a lot, though. About, like it's what, just like 10 games, wasn't it? Was it 20 and a half? Uh, that's under. <laughs> Last time I that, checked, that's under 500. But that's a team that's supposed to lose 100 in 162. So wow. it, it shows you that anything can happen. I think this it year. It does. So it does. And yeah, I think you have to really, when you when you're putting your money on this stuff this year, you got to really have a good feeling about something before you do it. I think. Right. And and I think the feeling you have to have with the Cincinnati Reds is the rotation. You either have to have a positive or negative feeling about it because. I love what the Reds did in the offseason. I think getting Mike Moustakis is a huge win, man. That is a ball player's ball player. He's a top-of-the-step winning player who will do anything for the team. He will play second base if he has to, right? He will uh, go out. I actually and, like the other guy they got more. Well, oh, but I'm just saying, like, in terms of baseball, oh, like, Mike Moustakis is a great, winning He's a player. very good player. Mike yeah. Moustakis won with Kansas City. It's not a mistake that he went to Milwaukee two years and they won there both years. It's not okay. an accident. All right. And Castellanos, you're right in terms of like more complete hitter. Yeah. Okay. You can say Castellanos. I think he struck gold with that move with the DH. Well, plus they, well, I would agree. And not only that, now what that allows them to do is play Senzel in the field, which That's is right. really what you need to do. You need to get this kid every day at bats. He's also the better defensive player than Castellanos. So that's a plus. It allows you to play Winker. We'll see what happens with Aquino. The lineup is not my problem with the Reds. I think they're going to hit, no doubt a doubt. It's the pitching and more specifically Trevor Bauer. Because Sonny Gray was really good in the second half last year. I thought he was going to tail off. He did not. Luis Castillo was very good throughout, although there was some a moment there in the, for about a month. He's a, he he's a number two starter on 25 teams in Major League Baseball. That's who he is. Probably. Probably. But he has some number Pretty one much. starts. But he is, but he's a he's In a 10-game run, we know that he can have a, a six and two he kind can. of a record, right? So. It really comes down to Trevor Bauer. Is Trevor Bauer the guy who is the good Trevor Bauer, where he is lights out and incredible, or he's the guy who pitches to a five and, and a half? And what do you think will happen? Because I don't know. Uh, I would go under on it if I had to in terms of I think leaning, that, I think I, would I, think I stay away. Yeah, I but I think I stay away personally because I think that when you look at it, that's what it says to me. It, it says to me that really the 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 
thing that's going to I be think the, the numbers right there. I, I think the Probably. Cubs numbers right there. I think the Brewers numbers right there. I think the Cardinals numbers right there. I mean, it's so why don't we just they're, play? They're a week basically of telling you the division is a 500 division. So why are we been playing 60 games? You should play 10 games and then go to the playoffs. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, look, I, I think the Reds in 2021 will be formidable, but and and I do like a couple of the players who they got. I like Akiyama as well. I really like Castellanos. Um, both it's a good lineup, Craig. That's gonna that lineup's gonna score runs in that. Suarez ball. is the most underrated player in baseball if he's healthy. Uh, again, I mean, home runs. Wait, wait, who did you say? Did you say Flores? Suarez. Suarez. Oh, Suarez. I just said Flores. I was like, I was like, Wilmer Flores? Is... <laughs> no, Eugenio Suarez is super underrated. Uh, Eugenio Suarez is incredible. I mean, that first year, they had that power surge. The problem was he didn't hit right-handed pitching very well. However, he corrected that quite a bit in 2018. and 2019, he just completely took off. So, I mean, I don't think you can expect, you know, the same level of power. But over a 60-game season, who's to say? Like, I think there's going to be somebody that hits 20 home runs in this 60 games. Yelich hit 22 home runs in uh, August and September a couple years ago. So I don't see why somebody can't hit 20. And Suarez is one of those guys. I think you can kind of pencil around and say, okay, he's one of the guys, the candidates to do it. Yeah, I think that there's a chance of that. I really like him, and and I loved him going into the year until he had that injury. So hopefully he'll be okay. Yeah, I would lean uh, the same sort of way. I'd be in on the Reds 2021. Uh, Cleveland Indians win total for 2020 in the 60-game campaign is 33-and-a-half. But again, there's some juice involved here, so let's take a closer look. Over 33-and-a-half is plus 100. So the lean here for FanDuel, essentially, is... The under 33 and a half at minus 122. I, I think that my perception on the Indians, Joe, is that uh, they they could win a World Series this year. They really have a lot of the tools that are necessary. Their outfield's a little bit light. I get that. There, they, there's deficiencies on every team. But I believe that this is the last ride for the Indians. I, I think that after the season is over, there are going to be uh, teams that are going to chase Jose Ramirez and chase Lindor and chase their pitching because it's going to be hard to convince an ownership group to pay a player $200 million. But guess what? For a year or two of the guys that I just mentioned, you don't have to do that. They're still under contract. Right. I think Cleveland's going to start a rebuild after this year, but I, I think they have one more year left in them. And very similar to Cincinnati, if you just told me that Carrasco and and Clevenger and you know Bieber at the top are going to be healthy, I'd be hard-pressed not to take the over here. Well, I think this is almost a self-imposed mandatory we're in it this year because of what's going on. Because really selling these guys at this point is going to be very difficult to do, I think. So it's basically kind of like the major league thing where we all say, yeah, screw it. You know, like in the movie, let's go win the whole damn thing. And you might as well give it a shot. You have the right manager for it. You have arguably the best three starters together in the American League for it. I mean, that is a really good rotation. It's a deeper rotation than the Yankees have, in my opinion. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what, man, like you you look at the Indians and you look at whether or not Lindor can win an MVP. I think he is one of the you know leading candidates. FanDuel agrees with me, too, that I think that if you know, everything breaks right, he could be that guy. And this could be that kind of season for the Indians where in you're in this 60 game tournament style of play. All of a sudden, when you're rolling out one of the best starters in baseball <laughs> every night it really makes a huge difference. And some teams already are going to have struggles with throwing anybody out there and they're going to be deep into the bullpen. So there's a lot of questions there. You know, the Indians also could get off to like a, you know, a two and eight start 
and then say, oh, my goodness, we might have to just sell for whatever we can get. I don't think that's going to be the case, personally. Uh, a lot of it hinges on Jose Ramirez, too. We had good and bad Jose Ramirez last year. We had awful Jose Ramirez for the first half. The second weird. half, yeah. he was the guy. So I'm not sure what it was, confidence issue, injury hidden, something was going on there with Jose Ramirez. But you can't have that Jose Ramirez in the first half show up for these first even, you know, 30 games, because if you do, I think it's going to be a lost season for Cleveland. Yeah, and, and I would agree. I, I think the Indians sort of, uh, you know, remember when they had Bayerga and Jim Tomei and Lofton oh, sure. and, and Bell, and, and they sort of went for it, too. And they didn't win the World Series in 97, and they didn't win after that. But, you know, they, they kind of went for it then. I, I do think the same thing will happen this year. Uh, but, unfortunately, the way that I see the Indians as the future is I just don't think this is very sustainable. Yeah. Uh, Kluber <laughs> was the first sort of chip to fall there. They didn't have to trade Kluber. Come on. I mean, they didn't have to. They chose to. Um, they, they're not going to be able to pay all these guys. Who they choose to pay and not, I'm also unclear on. But if the Indians have proven anything is they could find these kids in the minor leagues and internationally, and they do a really good job of scouting. Mm -hmm. So my guess is, is that 2020 is either the final year of one of those two guys on the left side of the infield, either Lindor or Ramirez. I don't, I don't think it's both will be probably Lindor. I mean, unfortunately, it's probably Lindor. He's got one year after <laughs> this left, so yeah. he doesn't have the value that maybe Ramirez has because Ramirez is signed for longer. But... Um, I would agree. I, I think that, uh, and, and again, it could be a Mookie Best type situation. Uh, right now, Boston feels really good about the fact that they got, uh, you know, Alex Verdugo, and they they really like him a lot. I don't like him as much as some other people, but they got Boston's top three prospect. Hey, look, they were able to get rid of the price contract at the same time as moving Mookie Betts and getting something back they liked. I mean, that, that, at the end of the day, that's all you can hope for. Uh, Clevenger is the big piece for me. Like that's the guy that can be a huge game changer. Yeah, I don't know what they, I don't know what their plan is. Like it's it's going to be interesting. I don't think they yeah. know what their plan is. Their plan no, is to I wait and think. see. Yeah, probably so. You know, they have All right, uh, coming up next here on the show, it's time for us to take a look at some odds to win in the American League and the National League Cy Young. So we'll do that coming up a little bit later on the show. Uh, also, with the NBA getting ready to start back up, we're going to bring back our friend Adam Ronis from Fantasy Alarm and FantasyAlarm.com. As Adam will join us for a couple of, of different topics here on the show, first and foremost, we'll get his opinion as to whether or not the Memphis Grizzlies, who are going to be hanging on to that eighth spot for dear life, will they end up hanging on and will they end up making it? And also we have odds on the NBA's most improved player. So we'll talk about that as well. But for now, we'll take a brief time out. Joe and I will be back in just two minutes as we talk Cy Young Awards in the American League and the National League right here on Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid. So don't go away. We're back after this quick commercial break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There are some people who think that Major League Baseball shouldn't even be giving out awards in 2020 and sort of what they will look like at the end of the year. I, I just don't understand those people. Everybody has to know at this point that whatever happens in the 2020 season is, in fact, going to look differently than anything else that we've ever seen in the history of the record book. So get over it. That's We all know that that's what it's going to be. So they can still give out awards at the end of the year. It's fine. It's a two-month award. 
and, and that's it. Don't make more of it than it is. I mean, that's is, right. Is it that difficult? No, and we're all going to go for pizza afterwards. Damn it. There it is. We're going to have the award ceremony. We're all going to go out for pizza and ice cream after. Terry Francona's buying. It's going to be great. I mean, look, I mean, can we... Can, can we try to enjoy some some semblance Seriously. of normalcy? What happens if a guy hits 400? So he hits 400. So he's 400. It's 60 Big games. Deal. It's not the same as Ted Williams hitting 400. Everybody but I think this too. It's like people are worried that this is going to be like a Roger Maris, Babe Ruth thing. I'm like, what? Oh, no, it's not. Like, come on. This is ludicrous, man. Look, the, having awards is important. Again, it's, it's part of the normalcy of life and of sports. And who cares if it's two months? It's two months of baseball. Let's go and let's try to play it for God's sake. What's interesting? I have to I have to ask uh, an agent this. I'm going to ask this question if I don't remind you. Um, like, let's say hypothetically, Garrett Cole, who signed with the Yankees, who we're going to talk about here. But let's say Garrett Cole has a provision in his contract that says if he wins the Cy Young, he gets paid fifty thousand dollars. Does he get fifty or twenty five? Uh, I think you get the award. No, I mean from a legal standpoint, as long if, unless there's a verbiage. Uh, attached to it regarding a shortened season. I mean, I'm or sure short you're season. right, but it, I'm it's sure he's getting the full amount. Interesting. I mean, there's going to be I a lot of incentives. Sure a lot of incentives are going to be given yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, man. It's a lot easier to win Cy Young over 10 starts, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that was tough. Oh, come on, man. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's it's really interesting. I'm going to I'm going to ask an agent about that. Just to, ask an agent know. with Craig Mish. Ask an agent. Not an insurance agent. <laughs> All right, graphics here. Uh, let's take a look at them. Garrett Cole, uh, plus 280. This is the American League Cy Young Award winner. Garrett Cole, plus 280. Justin Verlander, plus 650. Shane Bieber, plus 700. That's 7-1. to one. Mike Clevenger is 9-1. to one. Everyone else is uh, longer shot odds, including uh, Lucas Giolito of the Chicago White Sox. And... Look, I, I didn't think that there was a scenario last year where Cole and Verlander could win. I thought they'd cancel each other out. I was wrong about that. I mean, obviously, they decided to give it to one guy. I, I always thought that when two players were on the same team doing the same thing and excelling at a high level, it would be hard to give out the award. Maybe same thing with the NL this year with uh, Kershaw and, and Bueller. But I guess not so much. Best player wins. Yeah. Uh, look, normally, I think it is difficult. I think it's more difficult for MVP than it is for Cy Young. Because you can measure guys on their own, the standalone stats, you know, because you're not pitching at the same time. You know, well, you are hitting in the same lineup every day. So I think that's that's where the difference is between these two awards. Uh, and I'll tell you what, man, looking at the chalk, as it were, of the plus 280 on Garrett Cole, it seems like a really good chalk. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, sometimes you look at it and you go, OK, he's a favorite for a reason. He is, you know. I think without a doubt, uh, like the best pitcher in the American League. Verlander's got a bunch of these hardware already. Not not that Cole doesn't, but, you know, you look at the rest of the guys out there and it's kind of difficult to make a case for some of the other ones. I think we can try here and there might be one or two names, but this one kind of feels to me like Garrett Cole in terms of safe investments for an award. He's got a great bullpen. He has incredible run support. So you have to imagine like him handing over a lead in the sixth, seventh, or even eighth inning as the season goes on, you have to imagine that lead is going to be pretty well protected for the most part, which is going to equate if he makes 10 starts or so somewhere to around eight, even nine wins. I mean, could you imagine he could even be in a spot where some crazy things can happen where he could win every one of his starts and that would make him a lock. So it would take a lot for me to not imagine him coming close to that 10 win mark or somewhere near it. 
Uh, and therefore, it's very difficult not to think like the strikeouts are going to be there. The whip and the ERA are always going to be there. And you don't have to worry about the crowd necessarily in New York giving them a lot of crap either. Everyone's like, how will you adjust to the Yankee crowd? Well, guess what? There is no Yankee crowd. So who cares? So that being said, how do you feel about the chalk of Garrett Cole? Don't like it at all. I am awesome. Absolute, Let's do it. I am, I am absolutely thinking of just complete dart throwing on all awards this year. Love it. I, I, I really right. do. I all just, right, so throw a dart, Mish. Let's go. Let's go through there. Let's throw some darts. I'll I, I, I really, I would not take any chalk in any player, um, any team. I, I think wacky things are going to happen. And, I agree. I don't think I, in the I, American I, League. I guess no. almost none of the favorites end up hitting on anything this year. But look, I mean, I, I could be wrong. Um. That's the one favorite because of the competition. I just feel like Garrett Cole really is in a in the driver's seat for this award. I really do. And I and I'm somebody like you that I'm looking for other well, options. Well, uh, well, let's let you know that the, the some of the qualifications would have to be probably starting opening day to give yourself the most opportunities to start and pitch. Check. Where normally it doesn't mean anything. Cole has that go, going for him. And some of the other players on this list uh, may not. I don't know why Lance McCullers is listed here at 45 to 1. I have no interest in that whatsoever. Uh, Lance Lynn is an opening day starter. I would, I would at 30 to 1, I may take a shot there. And, um, and I wouldn't, if Otani was starting opening day, I would take a shot on him too. Well, I, I don't know if Otani's going to start opening day. The guy that I think, and again, if we're writing some fun narratives of some teams that we think can surprise, it's the White Sox. So we can come back to that lineup, right? And Lucas Giolito was about as good as it gets last year. And he had a stretch there where he was basically in the same conversation as the Verlanders and the Coles. So if there's a guy to me where you see a team getting hot, maybe could play 10 games over 500, make the playoffs, have a great season, great run support here, was the number one last year, uh, to me, I think Lucas Giolito at plus 15 is a guy that I would be looking at. Like, I think I think that's a dart throw worth taking because you can see a narrative where the White Sox are a surprise team and you know run support's not going to be an issue. So it's all about, can he go seven innings? Can the bullpen hold it together? The bullpen's a little bit in question. It's not the best bullpen. But, you know, look at the strikeout rate was there last year. He had over 200 Ks. I mean, Giolito was an ace last year. And if they're looking for, you know, something fun and different, and look, you know, I think the other thing when I going back to Cole real quick, too, is it's a media award. And I think we always have to bake that into it. So I think when you pitch in a bigger media market like New York, there's a lot of reasons to really give strong consideration to the Chalk of Garrett Cole this year, in my opinion, because there is a, a very strong New York baseball narrative. It's a, a strong one in the in Los Angeles, too, and, and Chicago and a couple other places. It's another thing that I think helps Giolito possibly as well. All right, so let's have the uncomfortable conversation that nobody wants to have. So FanDuel, oh boy. FanDuel lists <laughs> 21 players with odds to win mm -hmm. the Cy Young Award this year. Of the 21 players that they list, how many will uh, – Let's. this is non-COVID related. Of the 21 <laughs> players that they list, how many will be hurt? Oh, yeah. gosh. Uh, 60 games? <sighs> when you say hurt, you mean miss a start or you mean hurt? I guess hurt than, is like a different more thing. More than now. one start, um, which has essentially derailed their chances for the. I'm going to say close to a third. I would say six. Okay, Pro I would probably agree with you. Now that's a good number. Uh, after that, let's use five. 
just for argument's sake. How many of the 21 will test this positive? It's starting to feel like the SATs. I don't like this already. I don't like, you know, if so, if Sean Mania leaves the station at 4 o'clock and Frankie Montas is there at 6 p.m. to pick him up, I don't want to do this game. This is not fun. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so, and, and how many do you think of these pitchers on here test positive for COVID and miss uh, a big portion of the season? Uh, I'm going to say one, maybe two. That feels about right. So basically what we're looking at is almost half of this list <laughs> something happening to these guys. And that, my friend, is why I would not take the chalk, because something is okay. going to happen. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? I don't really have the answer. You are painting a nice picture based on talent and talent alone. And it all makes sense. I mean, it all well, makes sense. Well, not just talent. I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture in the big scope with the with the media side of it, with the the baseball side of it, all, with the fantasy the side of it. All things you're saying is true. I, I yeah, think there I are know. just way too many val uh, variables to take you're a favor. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. If you check under, you know, Craig always says everything right by him at all times. So if you check under his chair right now, there's an enormous bucket of cold water. He's going to throw over every segment we do that has to do with baseball going, I don't know. We got nothing. I got nothing. I don't know what to talk about. I, don't know what yeah, to say I, about mean, it. I like to, I like to keep it real with this stuff, but I, I, know, I, I know you keep it. I, real, I would take you know. Lance Lynn 30 to one. That, that would be my guess on this. I would, if it was a hundred dollar bet, I would take Lance Lynn and I would go 30 to 1. That's what I got I'm... a guy in the National League that I has given greater odds that I think. They haven't got there yet, though. No, but again, teasing. See, that's what they call it, the business I heard. They call it a tease. That's even greater odds than that that I think should get real consideration. But I look, I think you look at the rest of these guys, and you can make cases for some of them. But I don't think it's realistic to think that, you know, Ryu is going to win a Cy Young. I don't think Paxton's going to win a Cy Young. So the American, of course, of course, right. there are some names that that we don't. Yeah, think you roll your just... eyes like you just did, right? I, I I would also tell you that if if I if I had if it was a FanDuel bet and I could bet it, I would bet that either the the pitcher that finishes second or third, one of the two in the Cy Young, is not on FanDuel's list right now. The second or third is not on the list. Someone at all. in the top three. I'll take it back. Someone in the top three is not on this list for FanDuel. This okay. Year Fair second. enough. Fair and enough. I think that, and I think that there's a chance for that in the National League. I don't know that I feel that way about the MVP. I kind of know who the guys are. Uh, look, every every once in a while, a Trevor Story is going to come up, or an Eric Thames is going to come up, and, and like they're just going to blow wow. up. And 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 that could be the case in one of the leagues. I don't see that happening in both, but it could happen. In or you have a guy that you're rooting for, like a guy that you would just like to see, because I have one. I would love to see Char Yeah, look for the Cy Young. I would love to see uh, Charlie Morton win because it's his last season. This I like was supposed Charlie to be too. his last year, and he was brilliant last year. And nobody seemed to care. He was brilliant the year before. Nobody seemed to care. And this is kind of a like, you know, he's going to go out here in a 60-game season. He's already said he's retiring at the end of this year. Man, I would love to see Charlie Morton win. Now, again, this is this has nothing to do with wagering. It's a great story. I, I just hope part. so. So, so can you write a, a nice story here so you get the dry sure. ups of this whole Charlie. Party? I like Charlie a lot. All right. So you're just going to piggyback It's been good to me through the years. That's for sure. So yeah, I, As I long like as he's been good to you, that's all that matters. Very good. Very good to me. I like him a lot. So. Do you have a book where you keep these things? <laughs> like guys that are I, into you or not? <laughs> I do, here. <laughs> Good to me. <laughs> Charlie Morton. I like him. He I makes do. me smile. I think he's mm -hmm. a very, very nice guy. All right. All right. right. Uh, coming up next, it's time to die in, dive, dive, <laughs> dive into the NL Cy Young Award winner, where uh, basically everyone that's won the Cy Young in the last five years is 
on FanDuel's odds to win the Cy Young Award this year. So uh, we'll see. But I definitely have my pick for the NL, and it's uh, very easy for me. So we'll have that next. You're watching Fantasy Sports Today here on FanDuel. Also, don't forget, FanDuel uh, also provides you with all of the odds in the NFL and the NHL and the NBA and every other sport that's going on, even right now, including the KBO and NASCAR. So check out the FanDuel Sportsbook right now. We are proud partners with them for all sports right here on the channel, and they give us the odds exclusively for you right here on SportsGrid. So Joe and I will be right back after this. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. 